The first ever episode of Stumptown Radio podcast is brought to you by First Fantasy Books. The owner, Adam Ross, is a local educator turned author and a huge Timbers and Thorns supporter. You can even see him in the media box for certain Thorns games. He's creating a line of fantasy-themed books for developing English readers. So if you have any kids or know somebody who is trying to learn English or new to English, go check them out at firstfantasybooks.com or uh, on Instagram at firstfantasybooks or see them at Emerald City Comic Con in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode, First Fantasy Books, and appreciate you, Adam. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of Stumptown Radio podcast hosted by Stumptown Footy, Timbers and Thorns blog. I am the managing editor of Stumptown Footy, Sam Spiller, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Alex Barnes. Hello. And Fook Wynn. Hi. Hello, guys. The uh, unseasonably warm Pacific Northwest Portland weather is actually feeling like not frozen, which is a great contrast from how we were feeling. I was out and about this morning. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about wearing shorts and it was like, oh, okay. We really are kicking off our first episode with Weather Talk. We really are just turning into soccer made in Portland already at the start. So, but hey, <laughs> that's what you do in the Pacific Northwest. Um, what you also do is talk about soccer, which we are going to be doing for a little bit today. We have a, an amazing guest lined up for our first episode. In a little bit, we will have an interview with uh, Timbers defender Zach McGraw, who chatted with us about all things, such as how the Timbers training is going in Arizona uh how he is kind of uh gelling with his canadian national team teammates his most recent engagement and some incredible dario zuparic stories i am not kidding when i say that we were almost on the floor laughing from these stories so be sure you stick around for for that interview before we get to zach though we wanted to take some time to chat about uh the portland thorns who are making moves um or just earlier today when we were recording this on friday the Portland Thorns announced the signing of German defender Marie Müller from uh, Freiburg in Germany. Uh, she's a fullback, and she definitely fills a need. The Thorns were light on fullbacks, and so they are bringing in Müller to be an, a great depth piece there, also probably potential starter, and kind of helps to – it's kind of emblematic of this defensive – growth that the Thorns are kind of having. Yeah, Fook, I know you were a big proponent of the Thorns bringing in more fullbacks. What's your take on the Mueller signing and kind of how the back line of the Thorns is developing? Yeah, no, I think a lot of the moves have happened uh, since the Bethals took over. And from everything I've heard from coaches and staff uh, and players so far, the they've gotten, they've drawn rave reviews. Uh, just like, I think Sam Coffey even said uh, that they just get stuff done and they're the whole team is just excited to be part of it. Um, so we're going to get to meet them on Monday, which is really exciting. Um, Berman's going to be, uh, Commissioner Berman's going to be there as well. Uh, we have Mayor uh, is going to be there. And then obviously Karina LeBlanc will be there as well. But just kind of going over this fullback, uh, the reason why I brought that up in original recording was just that we wanted to talk about, because Reyna and Klingenberg originally were the only two pure fullbacks on the team. And, you know, Klingenberg at this point, might only play one this year and maybe next year. And this could be her last year too. So we don't know yet, but at the same time, this system that Mike Norris requires his fullbacks to play. is very demanding. They're, they're playing pretty much as two additional, uh, almost wingbacks slash, uh, midfielders at this point, because they play very high up. So you're going to need speed to get back and track back as much as possible. A lot of the goals they led in last year on counters on, 
and just not getting back in transition because everyone's so far up, um, which is a big concern. So uh, with Marie coming on the team, it's a really good addition. So the one thing I was kind of, I didn't, you know, jokingly said was, I think Mike wants midfielders who can play fullback, which is funny because Marie Mueller, Mueller um, she used to, to be a midfielder. That's her preferred position. And if you ask Reina, she'll probably say the same thing. Uh, I'm not sure she would say it again, but so they both have midfield backgrounds and they're both going to be playing fullback. So Reina's already started at left back, right back uh, last year. So I expect her to be at right back. And then Marie, I think she'll play left back just because it's less of a learning curve to you know go from left back to right back. Uh, obviously. And Reyna's already had a lot of great metrics last year defensively. So I expect her to be a full-time starter next year. Um, and then Mike Norris also did bring up another signing. And I expect that to be a defender or fullback as well. And I think they have one international slot yet left. So I expect that to be an international uh, usage as well, which is great. But yeah, this is a great sign from Mike and Karina, just because at this point, now they have two fullbacks who can handle the ball, elude pressure, uh, and honestly act like the two midfielders they want in the system. So I really enjoyed the signing. I think they need one more just because last year they rotated Quika, uh, Kling, and Reyna, but one player would always be extremely exhausted. So just kind of having a fourth uh, fullback addition would be really helpful for this team. But I really like the signing. Uh, obviously, I think uh, we'll talk about Fleming signing another day, but like a lot of these moves are really good moves, uh, especially if you look... Uh, across the league everyone's signing these big time stars across you know getting people from europe back into nwsl so this big this new salary cap's been helping this new tv deal media deal uh has been helping so just kind of really excited to see where this goes from here but yeah just curious what your your, uh your thoughts are as well yeah i think another thing that that uh fleming signing or not fleming sorry uh muller signing uh brings is that option to move like you said Reina to the right and have her start on the left which adds a lot more pace and a lot more youth to the fullback position than uh, we saw at points last year and years before with Kling and Natu and that that was like a struggle for them last at the end of last year that was a big weakness in the in the defense so I think shoring that up is a is a really positive step for them and yeah the, the Fleming signing too is just huge I think it's kind of a bit the Fleming signing, Mueller signing. I think if you look to Isabella Obaze, like that signing as well, the Thorns are definitely spending their money abroad. <laughs> They're definitely looking for more internationals, which has some risks and potentially some rewards to be able to reinforce those positions. Like you said, Alex, there definitely were. Fullback was probably the biggest weakness of the team last year. So they're going out and trying to address that. So, you know, and obviously with also re-signing, making Klingenberg and Becky Sauerbrunn, they're ensuring that there is kind of that continuation of veteran leadership on the back line as well with continuing to have those players be present and help, you know, help be like those mentor figures for Rainer Reyes, for Muller, for anybody else who comes in. That continuity is extremely important for the Thorns because their goal is always got to be trophies. <laughs> and that I'm sure with this signing almost kind of, reinforces that going into uh going into next year yeah i do want to add one thing because uh um the coaching staff i know they there's a lot of different types of opinions on that um but mike norris sarah Loudon, rob gale and vitas um 
I don't, I don't think people understand how much work they put into scouting. Uh, it's insane how much work they put in. Uh, you know, I've spoken to them about it because obviously they have to prepare for games, practices, things like that. But they're putting in double duty to make all this stuff happen uh, for the team. You know, so just kind of getting to, to see kind of all the fruits of their labor happening uh, has been really exciting. I know uh, there's been a little kind of a stall uh, with the transition into new ownership. But yeah, it's been really cool to see all this stuff happening. And, you know, like I said, uh, there should be one more signing on the way. Looking forward to seeing who it is officially. But yeah, I think this backline is going to be very improved. They're going to have more speed, more pace. I think Reyna's going to take a big step forward this year. Just because it, you know, it's one of those learning curves because this game is very fast compared to college, compared to the Europe the European leagues, things like that. So looking forward to seeing how they shore up. And I think a lot of the Thorns staff has been talking up Isabella Obaze big time. So looking forward to seeing her kind of learning from Becky as well. Um, But yeah, and then they still have Kelly Hubley. They still have their draft pick, Kelsey Kafusi. So looking forward to that as well. But yeah, it should be an approved year, I think, for the defense. Megan Nally, so with the squad as well, kind of providing that defensive depth. Of course. I think it's also you know, worth saying too, like, yeah, people are talking about, ah, oh, it's been like a delay and everything. Thorns still have a bit of time, right? Preseason camp just opened for them last week in advance of their opener on March 16th against the Kansas City Current at their new soccer-specific stadium being built there. So that's sure to be one heck of a game, one heck of an environment. Uh, one of, I think, only two NWSL games that are on big ABC, big network, as like you mentioned, Fook, big media deal. So exciting times for the Thorns and for the Thorns back line. Equally, I would argue, equally as exciting times for the Timbers back line. Uh, The Portland Timbers have made significant additions on their back line, bringing in Kamal Miller, Maxime Crepeau to, you can probably just write him in, starters um, heading into the 2024 season. They also signed James uh, Pantemis, another goalkeeper who will provide good depth at the position. So definitely doing a lot of work in the back line. Um, They're also, as it appears right now, retaining Dario Zuparic. There was rumors that kind of popped out that Zuparic was asking for a trade. He played in their last preseason game. He's been with the squad. There does not appear any signs that his departure is imminent. So keeping him is almost a signing in and of itself. But a lot of significant changes and additions to the back line. Um, Alex, I know you were at training a couple weeks ago kind of it had the first chance to see kind of like that backline in action what are your thoughts and kind of you know what impact like all of these defensive signings could have on the timbers yeah backline at training um looked good one thing that i really took away was a uh, proposed distribution uh which has been an issue at times for the timbers whether it was bingham eva chich yeah looked really solid uh with throwing and kicking um, and then the back three looked compact as well, but also uh, both Dario and Zach scored headers um, from set pieces at the practice. So that's looking like it's becoming a, an area of focus for them, which is a good thing. Now, if they can practice that as much on the other end, uh, that would be even better because uh, we all know about the Timber set piece defending woes. Uh, really, really pleased that they look to be keeping Dario and also another defender that they've signed, albeit a little bit down the road, Sawyer Yura, a homegrown contract. He's going to be playing with T2 this season and then going to the first team the year after, I believe. Um, and yeah, that's that's another really promising 
thing that, that Phil Neville and Ned Grabovoy have said that they wanted to do, which is start implementing uh, academy players, T2 players into the first team more, because that's been an issue. Uh, when one of the most recognizable Timbers players to have come from their academy is Brent Richards, uh, which was back in the early, early MLS days. Uh, shout out to Camus Washington's Brent Richards. Camus' his own uh, my hometown, y'all. It, what I'm saying is there can be improvement there, and it looks like they're starting to make strides towards that. Yeah. Always got to shout out Camus. Go papermakers when you can. Um, yeah, I think you know you could look at the Timbers missed the playoffs last year for a variety of reasons. Um, and a big reason was there was multiple games last season in which Portland lost by multiple goals, sometimes very, very badly. You know, 5-1 in Atlanta, 4-1 in Kansas City, 5-0 in Houston, obviously the one that cost Giovanni Savarese his job. That is, you know, those are all matches that if you take away those, if you're maybe you don't concede as much, maybe Portland's in it. Maybe it turns into a different result. Um, obviously, there's a myriad of other reasons for why Portland missed the playoffs. I would argue a big one is also goal scoring and the fact that went huge dry. It, it was pro- probably in in a lot of ways a bigger one than the back line. Um, if you look at how that Timbers team was constructed in 2023. So, and two, oh, sorry, uh, two of those guys that were consistently starting Nizgoda, Jimmy Chara, no longer with the team. They look to be bringing in one, if not two DPs. Having said that, we're three weeks away from the start of the year and there's been no rumors about those at all. So I would say probably unlikely that those are, are fully integrated and uh, and up to match fitness before the, the first game of the season. Um, but yeah, goal scoring definitely needs to improve. Defending needs to improve. Health in the midfield it would be nice if that improved this year too. So, so really all around. Uh, yeah. The Timbers just needs to just, just get better, <laughs> <laughs> get good. Um, I think to your point, Alex and Fook, I want to hear your thoughts on kind of the development of the team and like what more kind of like they need to do, but that signing, like they got to use at least one of those DP slots before, you know, before they're kind of like standing pat. It's worth pointing out to the MLS transfer window. The primary transfer window is open a little bit into the year. I think it closes sometime in April, so there is always time to sign players. Um, Portland has utilized that in the past. You know, they didn't sign Brian Fernandez until late in the spring window. Yeah, Alex's face, sad. Brian Fernandez era. We barely knew ye. Um, some of the but, best memories. It was just a, and some of the worst. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was it was definitely a a wild ride. Brian I Fernandez. literally forgot about the, that year. And then you you just brought it up again, Sam. Thank you for that. 20, 2019 feels like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. We'll always um, have his brace in Seattle. That's true. The time, the time he almost fought Roman Torres. Um, fantastic. A man who's like a head and a half bigger than him. And did no, Brian Fernandez did not back down. Um, so to that point, the Timbers still have time to make that DP mm-hmm. signing. Like you said, Alex, it will probably be they're probably not going to be able to integrate it before that first game, um, which is a bummer because the quicker you can get a player integrated, the quicker the team can figure out how to play with them. Probably the better the team will play. 
Phil Neville talked about it in his opening press conference, how he wanted the team to avoid a slow start. Great. Having a new player in the fold would probably help that. Um, yeah. So it would remain to be seen. You never know. The Max Crepeau signing and the Kamal Miller trade kind of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So maybe Ned Grabavoy is out pounding the pavement doing things. But yeah, talked a lot. Fook, I want to hear your thoughts on kind of the Timbers back line, kind of areas of improvement and, and where they need to improve. Yeah, it's it's funny because it's during media day, uh, you know, obviously Rocky Cerna was there um, and he spoke to Merritt Polson. So I thought the DP signings were pretty imminent, uh, but we haven't heard anything since. So that's a little surprising. I thought they would at least add one by now. Um, I don't know yeah. how surprising that is. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just, you know, it's a little disappointing for sure. Um, but yeah, with the back line, I, I think the biggest issue with the back line I had last year was similar to very similar to the Thorns. A lot of... Both fullbacks like to go bomb forward. That's totally fine. But you better have somebody, you know, come back, help you out. And just having two center backs back there was, it was really hard to watch for majority of the stretches of last season. So that's why I really like what Phil's already done. You can tell like practice is way more livelier too um, compared to last year, in my opinion. I, th- I think the guys are having a lot more fun. Like you can hear a lot more like, you know, fun screaming and, you know, shouts and everything like that. So it's been pretty cool to see that. Um but with the back line, I really like I like the three back. I think they got to stick with the three back and then have Juan and uh, Claudio when he's healthy, uh, bomb forward, you know. Uh, and then you'll have the three really good center backs, um, you know, covering them. And obviously, Kamal Miller, uh, metrics wise, uh, for his passing is superb. So they'll probably be playing towards his side a little bit more, just so he can uh, find some good passes and good outlets for uh, the midfield and the forwards. So looking forward to that. But just kind of seeing this new reconstruction of kind of like this rebuilt, uh, retooled backline, I think is a better word, uh, better phrase, uh, is really cool. Um, I think Max is going to be big back there. Um, sometimes they just needed somebody just to bail him out a few more times a game. So seeing Max back there has been going to be really exciting to watch. And then just this back line with Zach, who I think is going to take another big step forward. Dario, who's already been one of the most solid center backs you can ask for. And then Kamal coming in uh, with his resume. It honestly excites me. I think uh, Zach brought up some good points during the interview today, uh, just kind of their goals. But yeah, I I have the same goals for them. I think they have a chance to do something really special in the back line, uh, improve on that number from last year, the goals allowed numbers by considerable amount. Um and honestly, with three of those guys back there, I think there's going to be less moments uh, or less sudden momentum shifts, uh, you know, two, three goal swings uh, as as well. So I think that's kind of the big thing. And then obviously with the DPs, they do need to add one now uh, just because health wise, if somebody goes down, it looks very thin. It's already thin. So it looks very um, scary back there for sure. And beyond the DP, they they need a left sided defender, like a left footed fullback because if Bravo's out for yeah Miller until April uh and you're trying to play that three at the back there aside from Marvin Luria there really is not a player on the roster that can fill a a left wing back spot um and maybe they are planning on using Luria at that position uh interchangeably with Claudio this season uh not sure how good of an idea that is uh for the defense that we were just talking about needs to improve. Um, but I think regardless, if they're planning on using him there, they need to bring in another left-footed fullback because really that position has needed depth for a few years now. 
Um, you think of Jonderson. Uh, I'm Less struggling for past. other ones. My yeah. Goodness. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we can probably chalk Alex. You're not excited for the potential Daron Espria left wing back experience. <laughs> I'd be excited to see it. I don't know if I would uh, say that it's going to get a lot of good results. <laughs> That's one of those ones you just throw out in March and be like, all right, that worked or it didn't. We'll just get rid of it. No, I, I agree with both of y'all. Great points. I think there's a lot of room potential for the back line to improve and there's still work that needs to be done. And the Timbers don't have a ton of time to get that work done because the home opener, the opening of the 2024 MLS season is rapidly approaching. February 26th, Providence Park, 7 p.m. at you know, opening against the extremely retooled Colorado Rapids. So there are never really any gimmies in MLS. And this one for sure, with kind of a new team with a new coach facing a new team with a new coach, uh, it's definitely going to be an energetic experience. That's probably enough words from us. We talked a lot about the back line. So the home opener is actually the 24th. 24th. Thank you. See, magic of radio, <laughs> magic of having multiple people on there. 24th. Don't go to Providence Park on February 26th. It will be There won't closed. be anybody there. <laughs> it will be closed. Nobody will let you in. Um, <laughs> so come to it on the 24th, though, for the Timbers home opener. Thank you, Alex. And All Zach right. Steffen, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Zach Steffen oh, with Zach the Colorado Steffen. Rapids. I completely forgot. That's that's Georgie. true. Georgie Mihailovich, Chris Armas. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's like time. a blast from the mid 2010s past in terms of US men's national teams players. Ooh. Oh, yeah. To make that of and what coaches. You will. Ooh, gosh, make that of what you will. <laughs> Alex is coming in spicy for the start of the new 2024 season on our first episode. All right. Like I said, that's enough of us. We talked a lot about the back line. Let's hear from a member of that back line. Um, and here's our conversation with Zach McGraw. Uh, we are excited to kick off the first episode of our podcast with our first ever guest. And we are joined by uh, Timbers and Canadian national team center back, Zach McGraw. Uh, Zach, thank you for taking the time to join us. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. The rain's finally stopped, but it's good weather out here. I'm sitting outside for the first time in a while. But yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, back to the unseasonably warm uh, Pacific Northwest after the extremely unseasonably cold <laughs> Pacific Northwest. And I'm sure just enjoying some time um, in uh, in Phoenix. But yeah, thanks for thanks for taking some time to come and chat with us today. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then Zach, speaking of your off season, uh, I know we spoke last off season about you heading him back home. Uh, but yeah, how was the off season for you? Did you get to take any trips? Make it back down to California? Yeah, I went back to back to. I stayed around here for a while. I caught the Thorns semifinal game. I went watched it with uh, Eric Williamson. Bill Tuilom was in town, um, and then I went home back to LA the week after that. That was closer to Thanksgiving, obviously. Family down there wanted to be there for that, and then Christmas as well. Um, and then I headed back right after uh, the New Year. But in, I was it was really just a relaxing kind of time with my family and friends back home. Didn't didn't do any extravagant vacation. Yeah, um, I know you and I spoke about this as well. But did you get a chance to play any pickleball in your off season? I did. I did actually. My one of my friends I grew up with his his uh, his parents are big into pickleball. They play in like tournaments, so they. They have a little setup every Sunday morning, but I, I got a chance to play some pickleball. 
Yeah. What is it like playing pickleball at your height, though? Because it, it, I assume it's almost impossible to lob you or they don't even try, right? Yeah, I mean, some it, it's hard sometimes because obviously, like, it's like range of motion. Like, I, yeah. sometimes I try to hit it too hard and it just goes flying over the back line. So it's, it's kind of, it, I don't know, it's something, but at the the counter argument is I can cover a lot of ground with, with my reach. So it, it's yeah. fun. I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, so when do you, when did you pick up pickleball? Uh, and then do you play with any of your teammates? Um, I haven't gotten a chance this year, obviously, because it's, it's cold, but last year I played a lot with, uh, Diego Gutierrez and Justin Rasmussen. Um, we played a little bit in preseason in Palm Springs last year, but hopefully when, you know, the weather permits and it gets a little warmer out here, I'll be able to get some other teammates to join me. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, uh, congrats on your engagement. Uh, you know, I know everyone's happy for you. Can you tell us kind of the story of how it all happened and then what it meant to you to do it kind of at Providence Park? And then if you guys already set a date. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's not me and my fiance now have been dating since high school. So, I mean, it's kind of like the, the annual conversation from her parents, from her, like when are you when are you asking the question? But it wasn't like. It was kind of like just a matter of time when the right moment was, but um, I wanted to do it up here before like a lot of the teammates head out for for um for the off season. I was trying to like get as much teammates as well as I could. Um, I, I honestly woke up on it's pretty it's not like this extravagant spectacular story or anything. I, I woke up Monday morning and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go buy a ring today. Um, kind of just. You know, told Caitlin I was going to the facility, which I wasn't. Went to Shane and Co. Um, yeah, picked out. I mean, we went the year prior, so I had her sizing and the kind of ring she wanted, uh, the shape and all, all that good stuff. Um, just got it, hit it in one of my teammates' houses, and contacted Ruben and Paloma and Jill, and they kind of, I, because I, I'm always with my fiance, especially in the off season. I don't really have an excuse to go to training every day and stuff. So I kind of had to trust them with the whole process. I said, look, like I want to do it Wednesday. Um, do you think we can get Craig involved, like photography wise? Um, and that, that was about it. Like I, I did the the Bella thing Monday night. Yeah. That yeah. Monday night um, with Diego Char, like the sponsor reveal. So I talked to him a little bit there, but. After, after that point, I, was, I just had a time um, set up, wanted to do it at Providence Park on Wednesday. I, I kind of lied to her and said we were just going to, like, a nice dinner. And then I, I don't remember the exact time the proposal was, but it wasn't close enough to be dinner time. So she's a little skeptical about that. Um, but yeah, and I mean, Providence Park, like, I don't know. It was just kind of, in all honesty, it was, it was just the easiest thing to make it kind of cool to be completely honest with you like yeah. um getting people hidden in one of the suites get like everyone knowing where to go when to go kind of thing yeah for sure uh yeah did you guys start uh already planning or set a date yet yeah so if you remember blake bodily mm -hmm. obviously um i lived with him for two years not last year but the last two years he was here we lived in an apartment together and his fiance now and my fiance now we're best friends just obviously because we spent so much time together. So he proposed the week after I did. And he he already picked out this December. Obviously, it's hard for us because offseason is – you have to assume every year you're making the MLS yeah. Cup final. And then Christmas is there, and then right after January, we're back. First week of January usually. So there's only like a 
one weekend that like really works and they beat us to it for this December. So we're going to next December. Yeah. Well, we, like I said, we wish you all the best and uh, you, you both all the best and uh, happiness. So thank you. Congrats. Thank you. That's amazing. One of those things they don't talk about being a soccer player is when can you get married? Like literally <laughs> what are the physical actual weekends that work? So that, that that's amazing. Thank, thanks yeah. for sharing Zach. Um, yeah. Yeah, like you mentioned, you're you're back in Portland after some time in uh, Arizona for uh, part of preseason. Uh, what was the time that the you and the squad kind of spent down there like? Um, yeah, what's the vibe around the team? Yeah, so we we had a scrimmage against uh, Phoenix Rising that Saturday. It was broken up into two 45 minute halves. One group did the first. One did group did the second. No one played more than 45 minutes, but. Um, Phil is really trying to emphasize like like a family bond, like kind of you know a brotherhood kind of mindset, like fight for each other. And he's trying to incorporate as many team events as possible. So we had like a team barbecue. We got we had all the the new players do like a little choreography kind of thing. Sorry about that. Choreography kind of thing. So Max Max Prepo was in charge of that. They had a good performance, but. Um, you know, just trying to, we, we also did, what, what was it? We did, uh, like a trivia night. So we broke up into four different teams and, uh, one of the staff members put together this whole trivia thing where he asked it, like a question about, of each person that he threw up there. And obviously it was like, I think me and one other person in, in the team knew that Tega Ikobo was born in Iowa. Like just stuff like that. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't hear of Adolfo who signed for T two. The question was how many people did he have at his signing at Providence Park? Like the same day Sawyer signed, and the answer was twenty eight. Like I, I don't know how anyone would know that. But yeah, little little cool stuff like that we we're starting to do as a team, and I'm sure we'll do more in Palm Springs uh, in a couple of days. That's incredible. I think everybody now needs to see videos of. The choreography, which I'm sure are, are under lock and key somewhere, never to be released. Um, that's great. That's I'm glad that it's been kind of a, a relaxed environment so far. Like you mentioned, um, first preseason game scrimmage, rather, that y'all played um, from kind of the bits that were released on social media and from what we saw, it looked like you, Darius Aparch and Kamal Miller were in kind of a back three, back five. That kind of mirrored what... Some of us saw training a couple of weeks ago. Um, is that looking like it's going to be kind of one of the primary formations that y'all are looking at for the start of the season? Have you been training it a lot? Um, yeah, how's that been progressing? Yeah, so we've been doing both a lot. Um, what I played the first 45 minutes with uh, Kamal and Dario, we did a 3-4-3. Three, three. And then the second half, the second group did a 4-2-3-1. And for instance, this past couple of days, we've been training a four back. And later today, when we have our inner squad scrimmage, both teams are playing a four back. So, I mean, it obviously when Evander came in a little late, just trying to incorporate where he fits the best and which formation, whether that's a three, four, three or four, two, three, one, where he slides in, because obviously he's a very quality player and he needs, you know, the first kind of week and a half, he wasn't with us to you know, kind of gauge which, which spot fits him best. Um, but yeah, like I'd say we're, we're trying to figure out both right now. And I'm sure we're going to, you know, play a three back, play a four back in Palm Springs. And obviously those 
are better tests of, you know, real quality reps against other MLS teams. As a defender, what, so it sounds like definitely some flexibility kind of being able to incorporate many looks as a defender. What, what does that flexibility kind of give you? What are some of the benefits that it can kind of bring you and the, the rest of the team? Yeah. So center back specifically in a three back, um, whether you're the outside left or right, or whether you're the middle, you're, you're kind of given more flexibility to play more aggressive and to step in the midfield and help out those two defensive mids that are having to cover a lot of ground. So for instance, if I'm on the right side, I can, you know, kind of fall into the midfield 20 yards and not be worried about the space behind me because the center center back is covering me and the left sided center back is covering him. Um, So just being more aggressive in that, in that standpoint, obviously, um, you're receiving, you know, in, in the buildup, you're receiving balls um, in wider areas just to, you know, unbalance them compared to a four-back where you would have your outside backs there traditionally. Um, and, yeah, in, in the four-back, it's more so just two center backs, kind of more of a traditional in the middle of the park kind of thing, and you have your outside backs picking up those wider areas. Awesome. Thank, thanks for that insight. Um, last kind of question for me before I'll turn it over uh, to Alex. Like you mentioned, Phil Neville kind of coming in, new head coach, kind of really been starting in earnest kind of with the preseason. You mentioned he's trying to kind of foster kind of like a family kind of atmosphere like amongst the team. How has kind of just the trainings been like under him? Like how has it compared to what it was, you know, under Gio Savarese or under Miles Joseph um, last season or the seasons before? Yeah, Um I'd say Phil definitely knows what he wants out of each training session. He has a goal before training starts when, when we go in for video or just like a review of how the session's going to go, and he'll tell you what he expects, what he demands out of each position group. And obviously he'll not necessarily choose that day, but the group he wants to focus on, he'll, he'll help out Reggie or uh, help out one of the other assistant coaches in that that kind of positional department. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously is, you know, a player from his past with a lot of quality and he's played against the biggest teams for England, um, the biggest players, and he knows kind of what, what he wants out of his team and each player. Every day. Uh, Zach, you had a really good uh, season last year. Uh, you ended top 15 in a lot of, uh, defensive metrics in MLS. Um, what were you personally most pleased with in your performances last year? Um, and what are you looking to build on or add to your game in 2024? Um, I'd say, I'd say one before last, before last year, um, you know, I never kind of thought international soccer was like a possibility just cause I never got a consistent run out of, of games and competition and like tests to really test how well I am against some of the better, better players in, in CONCACAF and the MLS because in League's Cup, obviously we played against Tigres and Monterey and those are two powerhouses from League MX. And for, honestly, I thought I, I matched up well with their forwards in those games. Um, but yeah, just last year is kind of just proving not like to anyone else, but my, but myself personally, like that I can, you know, like you said, be in the top 15 and obviously I want to improve on that 
get in the top 10, the top five, and, you know, a well-rounded metrics. Um, I think last year there were a lot of games where, I mean, it, it's hard because I feel like we, we had a decent amount of shutouts, but you look at the, the amount of goals we let in, it was either 50, 58 or 56, and that put us in, you know, the bottom tier of goals allowed. So obviously that's not not only a backline issue, it was a whole team defensive issue. So definitely get those numbers down. I think a big issue of last year was, I mean, I can just on the top of my head, there's multiple games where it just got out of hand too early. Uh, like Atlanta United, Eric Williamson scores in the first five minutes. Uh, goal comes back. Next thing you know, they score one, two, or down five, zero. We end up losing five, one. Kansas City away, it's lose four. We lost four, one that game. Um, Houston away gave up three goals in the first 18 minutes. So just kind of like managing as a team, like those, obviously we know going to Kansas, going to Atlanta, going to Houston in in the summer, like those are going to be hard games. Like we know that going in already, we knew that last year, but being able to manage those situations better. If we go down a goal, don't concede the next five minutes and just kind of let their momentum and their fans get into the game and just downpour it on us. Like, I mean, if you take out a lot of those games, we, we had, I, I, I don't know the numbers exactly on the top of my head, but if you take out a lot of those games where we got blown out, it doesn't look as bad as, as the number 58 does. Yeah, um, I agree with you there for sure. Um, and then you, you touched on getting called up to the Canadian national team. Um, you now share a club with two guys who are in that setup as well, Kamal Miller, uh, Max Cropo, oh, and also James Pantemis. Um how special was it joining a group that finished top of World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF? And and how much of a goal is making that 2026 roster for you? Yeah, I was I went into you know a team that had a strong brotherhood, like every every like their emphasis was brotherhood with, with John Herdman when he was there before he went to Toronto FC. They like that's a group that's known each other, like because obviously Canada's not the biggest soccer country. Obviously, hockey hockey's the the main sport up there. But these guys have like you hear about like a, if a player is really good in Vancouver and you're from Toronto, like you hear about those names. Like Kamal Miller was saying, you heard you knew Alfonso Davies was going to be a star just because in that soccer world. Like even though he's across the country, you just hear about those kind of things. Um, so going in there, they they. They accepted me and, you know, welcomed me into that brotherhood. Um, and obviously what they did leading up to the, the 2022 World Cup and qualifiers um, was special. It was their first time being in, you know, in the World Cup and who knows how long, but 30 plus years. And obviously they didn't get the results. But if you watch the games, they were beating Croatia 1-0 in, in the early minutes. They they have a lot to build upon and I know this is like their their prime generation with so many players in Europe and Alfonso Davies is one of the best if not the best left back in the world at the moment and playing for Bayern is an incredible powerhouse in in Europe and the world um and you know now that I have I played with Kamal in the gold cup uh four games what what it was and then having him here now and having Max here I didn't get to meet Max in the Gold Cup because he was still dealing with his, his leg injury coming back from there. But me and McCall, uh, 
Kamal are really close and and have a good relationship, and we, we kind of know already how one another plays, our tendencies, and just kind of building on that in preseason. And yeah, obviously with with Kamal next to me, Canada is always going to be watching our games, and Max behind me, and James when he goes in as well. Hey, Alex, um, can I uh, ask about Canada real quick? Yeah. Yeah, so Zach, obviously, it looks like the Timbers and the Thorns are racing to see who can get the most Canadians. Uh, obviously, you saw Jesse Fleming just join. Um, but what what is it like to have these clubs with so many uh, Canadian uh, talent on, on both squads? Yeah, it's it's like a running joke because it was, you know, when before Phil, I mean, it happened really so fast. Before Phil got here, it was always uh, like South Americans running running the Timbers locker room and control the ox on in the in the weight room in the locker room and now it's you know Canadians coming in and just I wouldn't even say taking over because you know these guys these guys aren't like those the, the personality to just walk in there and think that they run the place or anything like that but no it's cool it's it's cool having them here we, we all get along really well I think they're integrating in the team really well as well awesome and then um going from Kamal Miller and Max Grippo to another one of your backline teammates uh, who has become somewhat of a, a cult hero fan favorite amongst Timbers fans for his play, but also uh, whenever he gets a chance to speak to us, uh, Dario Zuperich, of course, um, after that T grace game last year, I, I have a tweet that I, that I posted of a uh, Dario quote. He goes, I said to Zach at halftime, this is going to be a war, but we're going to die like heroes. And it was like that. I would like to lose every game like this. Um, I just wanted to get like some insight into the guy that that he is, his personality behind the scenes, and and if you have any funny or interesting stories that you could share with us about him. Man, I mean, he's he's honestly exactly like like the media and everyone thinks thinks he is. Like he does not change in that day to day life. He's he's a great teammate and you know a great warrior how he warrior how he would explain it on the soccer field um he like just just funny stuff and I'll, I'll give you two two stories real quick but he said uh so he he had like a nasal something in his nose like he just had a quick like small procedure in his nose got to clear up his like sinuses or something and he said i asked him <clears throat> if he was back in portland already because we both got back a little before preseason started He's like, yeah, I'm here because we, we call each other Budas, which is brother in, in Croatian. And he's like, yeah, I'm here, Budas. And he sent me a photo of his face and I didn't know he was getting surgery. And his nose was obviously like really swollen, like just gauzes everywhere. And I said, Budas, you should have gone to uh, like Los Angeles so they could fix your nose and, <laughs> and you know, get, give you a better nose to make you look like, I don't know what actor I said, but like Brad Pitt or something. And he said... He said, "Like Buddha's, my face is ugly. There's no fixing it. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> like something like that." Um, another story is like in in Palm Springs, we had uh, some guys from the MLS come and talk to us about um, like we always in preseason we all always have meetings, whether it's you know gam sports gambling or or just, just stuff along those lines that that every like I'd say corporation has like appliance meetings. I, I would say. And we were doing introductions and, you know, everyone saying, like, where they're from, like, brothers, sisters, why they enjoy playing soccer. Like, just basic questions like that. And Dario just goes, 
I am Dario. I'm the best on the team. And then just cuts it at that. <laughs> uh, he He's no offense. He's my favorite guy to talk to for sure. <laughs> just his answers are so funny sometimes. Um, but yeah. Yeah, he, he's great. He's great, honestly. And yes, we had media day yesterday. And as you know, Dario says it pretty publicly. He doesn't, doesn't like talking to the media or doesn't like he's a, he's a, person that likes to keep to himself and I, I joke with him every year I said Dario it's your, your favorite day of the, of the year media day and he's like if if I could just walk in there take a headshot and leave I would after every single press conference or, or media availability he says okay guys see you in five years <laughs> <laughs> that's him he, he really doesn't change he, he really doesn't and then Zach I got a fun question uh to end it. So you were talking about choreography and trivia earlier. Can we expect any cool goal sellies this year from the team? Um, That's a good question. I mean, you know, you always have Dyrone's backflip. Santi's, you know, ecstatic about his contract ascension. He's really happy here. He's, he's laughing and joking. Loves, loves dancing himself. Um, I'm sure you'll see a lot from him. Juan is still not back with us. I'm sure he he's, he's a big big dancer like Santi they always have something cooking up um but in in terms of choreography I don't know we'll we'll try and get something together I guess it, yeah it sounds like you need to recruit Max Crepeau to kind of get something going um <laughs> that's incredible uh well uh thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us Zach I think we'll have uh stories that I think everybody who's a fan of the Timbers or even just enjoys hearing about interesting people in MLS. <laughs> um, uh, thanks for sharing and uh, all the best with the rest of preseason preparations and for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much again to Zach McGraw for joining us to be our first interview on Sumtown Radio. Um, seriously, that was a fun one. We really appreciate that. Uh, for those of you who are hearing this who haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to Stumptown Footy. We are on Substack now since the demise of SB Nation's uh, soccer blogs. Um, we're on Substack, stumptownfooty.substack.com. Please log on and subscribe for all of the content we will be bringing you around the Timbers and Thorns and all things Portland soccer over the next few months. And thank you again to First Fantasy Books for being our very first sponsor. We are so honored uh, that you're our first one. Check them out on Instagram at First Fantasy Books uh, with first spelled out F-I-R-S-T or check them out on firstfantasybooks.com to place an order. Adam, thanks again. You rock. Thanks for the sick mic and Cam. Thank you. Thanks again to First Fantasy Books. And thank you so much to my colleagues, Fuquin and Alex Barnes for joining me for this first inaugural episode. Fook, final thoughts. Jesse, Jesse Fleming, uh, if they have an All-Star game this year, will probably be the starter for the All-Star game. And uh, this midfield will score a lot more goals uh, and make up for, you know, a lot of, if they can't find another score, I think it would be a nice, very nice kind of like by trial. I think there's going to be five players with at least five goals or more this season for Portland. So it should be pretty exciting. Throwing out the predictions early on. To... I'll take Fook. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do, do that a primer for our predictions episode. And thank you to Alex Barnes as well. Alex, final thoughts. Um, just thank you all so much for listening. Thank you to Zach again. That was a very fun interview getting to uh, 
hear some behind the scenes stories of Dario Zuperich and the, the enigma that he is. Uh, so yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. And, uh, and subscribing and reading our work it, it means a lot to us and we do it because you guys are are supporting us so so thank you so much seconded thirded fourth all the things uh huge appreciation everybody for supporting sons on footy as we enter into another brand new year um the vibes are up it sure seems like it so vibes are up vibes are up oh, we'll take it then, when we can yeah and then we're gonna have a really special thorns guest uh, for our first Thorns guests too, so no no spoilers yet, but should that should be pretty exciting for for the next pod. Email us with your predictions of who you think yes. will be the first Thorns guest. Yeah, leave it in, in the, the meantime. <laughs> get in the comments. In the meantime, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this first episode of Sometown Radio. Everybody, take care.